0: Welcome to Filmstrip Sessions. This is our general topic show we do once a month or so to highlight things we're watching that won't appear necessarily on the regular filmstrip show, movies we are anticipating, and anything else entertainment-wise that we're into at the moment. I'm Jay, and alongside me tonight is Ron. Hi. And we are excited to introduce the newest member of our troupe here, Irina. Hello.
1: Yes, she is one of my longest-term, longest-suffering friends. She, she is, <laughs> I, I say it that way so it sounds like a prison sentence. Um,
2: <laughs> For which one of us?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it could be two, it could be both things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she uh, she's great. She's a lot of fun, as you'll no doubt find out pretty soon. Or, you know, I think it's November. Yeah. But she is always has interesting opinions on things. She notices a lot of details and things that I don't always pick up on. And it is a much needed, uh, female presence on the podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a, a regular female contributor and I think that it's, not necessarily just for inclusion's sake, but she, she'll suggest things and see things that we won't always notice because, you know, we're dude bros.
0: Exactly. And, and Irina will make your, your official debut on Filmstrip in November. Uh, and But, with you know, again, after having recorded with you now and talked with you a lot, uh, we did not want to deprive our audience of the energy that is you. And so uh, real quick, just tell folks a little bit about yourself, kind of what you're into and all that, and then we'll launch into what Sessions is.
2: Oh, a little bit about me. Um so uh actress, musical theater lover, but movie lover and television addict. Uh and I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd and finally getting into some cosplay stuff, so that's fun.
0: Very cool, very cool. So, well, like I say, we're glad to have you here, and I agree with Rod. It's been a long time since we had a a, a steady female presence on here. When we started Filmstrip way back in the day, Anna was a, was a big part of getting the show launched off the ground, and then had to walk away, family growing and stuff like that. And so, we've just never been able to find another person that that. Jived with us and, and, uh, had good presence. And Ron was like, well, you gotta, you gotta meet my friend Irina. And so he, he connected us on Twitter when I was kicking around doing something musical. And that's the episode you're on. We do a review of Chicago coming up in November. November's musical month on Film Strip. If you hadn't followed us on Twitter and seen that yet, folks. So glad to have you here. And, Glad to be a part of this, too, because this is a little more freeform show. This one's, you know, kind of fun and just sort of, again, for us to talk about stuff we're into, stuff we're excited about and all of that. So let's not delay it anymore. Ron, we're going to start with you. Stuff that you're into right now as of July 2019.
1: Well, um, I've got some, uh, I've got quite a few things that I, I, that have caught my interest. Uh, one of the biggest things, uh, because I just did a pretty long feature article on it for Din of Geek, is the HBO Watchmen series. Um, It's basically what happened in the Watchmen universe after Watchmen, the comic book slash movie, ended. They just released a pretty interesting trailer for Comic Con, and I'm pretty intrigued about the show. I don't know, I I have no idea what's going to happen, but. The, the trailer in and it of itself is pretty awesome to behold and has me very excited for it in a way that I haven't been for a lot of stuff that's been on HBO.
0: Yeah, let's just say like Game of Thrones did not necessarily end maybe the way people wanted. Is that a safe way to say that nowadays? And um, or, you know, Internet rage was a plum at the time. But I remember seeing the teasers for this and I had no idea it was coming. So I'm intrigued, like genuinely intrigued by it. I was not as familiar with the Watchmen property when that movie came out, but a coworker of mine was and made me read the book before I could go see the movie. And so I did and watched the movie and I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, whatever. Um, I kind of came down on the side of it was, it was, Fine for me. But I I thought walking out of it, I was like, I don't know, that might have been a better like T V show if they could ever put something like that on TV where you have a guy with a big blue penis walking around. But I guess we can do <coughs> it now, it's two thousand nineteen, we can do whatever we want. But you know, when it came out, I don't know that you could do that. So anyway, I'm I'm intrigued as well. What about you, Irina? Are you into the watchman? <laughs>
2: Uh, so, uh, just barely doing any sort of looking into it, um, based on the fact that it's been a project that's been like four years in the making, it sounds like, um, I'm kind of interested in, I think, I think I may have finally seen enough of the Marvel universe to kind of step into something (laughs) that comes from another, another, uh, universe here.
0: Yeah, I would say this is definitely not like Marvel style at all. This is very dark place that watchman comes from and goes to
1: yeah it's definitely a darker superhero story um and it's kind of a precursor to a lot of the darker things you're gonna see um in terms of comic book movies that are not necessarily comic book movies as they're being developed now but like watchman and alan moore kind of set the whole uh, is one of the the key parts of the whole dc is dark and gritty versus Marvel being, you know, fun and light kind of deal. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a project that has been oh, the movie itself was in development hill for a good twenty years. DC has gone ahead and made a follow up sequel series. They've made a bunch of prequel comics. And now, I guess, uh, Damon Lindelof came to them with an idea good enough that they said, sure. And HBO said, we'll back up the money truck.
0: Okay, you just said a name now that really... (laughs) Gives me
1: pause. Damon Lindelof.
0: Um, if folks want to go back and listen to Nick and me talk about what we think of Damon Lindelof and the Prometheus review, it's all there. All two hours of the hate. I am not a fan of that man's work uh, or the direction he takes things. So, convince convince me I need to give him another shot because that was not like an immediate, eh, you know, for me.
1: Well, I mean, I can't convince you to to give it another shot. I don't even know if it's going to be any good or not myself, but I'm interested to see, you know, how it works out. Uh, they had me at the cult full of dudes in Rorschach masks. True. And also you had me at Sheriff Don Johnson. Who doesn't like that? Uh, this is also true. So yeah, uh,
0: we'd we go with that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go back and forth here on this. So Ron, you've been interested in the Watchmen uh, series coming in on, HBO, Irina, what's something uh, you're into right now or really excited about coming?
2: So I kind of go, um, pardon me, the other direction with the, the things that I'm kind of looking at. More more uh, <laughs> happiness and light. We'll let Ron take the dark side here. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the Orville coming back. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows it, but they just actually changed from Fox to Hulu. So now everybody's going to have to pay f- to see the 2020 Season, I guess Seth MacFarlane had way too much going on and, and transitioned over. But I've really loved the development of characters and how they've kind of stayed true to that whole sci-fi land. With the, you know, that started with the original Star Trek series.
0: Yeah, I, I've watched a couple episodes of that. I gotta ask both of y'all: How has he not been sued yet, uh, <laughs> e- either by Star Trek people or by the
2: people that make Galaxy Quests? Cause that's what this feels like. Um. It, you know, it's a good question. Uh, interestingly enough, there's so many, so many actors from Voyager, from the Next Generation, that have made appearances on this show too. I'm wondering about not just copyright infringement, but any any sort of contracts that anybody has floating out there. I know Jonathan Frakes even came in and directed an episode.
1: Well, you know, those guys have to work too. I mean, if if Shatner never got sued for you know, all the stuff he did in the seventies. And if, if Nimoy didn't get sued over, um, basically pretending to be Spock while doing, uh, what was the name of that spooky alien show he did? Oh, on like public television.
0: Yeah. I know. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, he was the host of like a knockoff unsolved mysteries kind of show or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so was Frakes for that matter. Yeah. I was going to say, Frakes didn't, said... didn't Frank's do as Well, like on Ripley's believe it or not, or something like
2: that. I think he did. Um, no, yeah, first Nemo- it was uh, Beyond
1: Belief, Fact or Fiction or something to oh, that. Oh, there we I go. Yeah.
2: It, it, all, it looked it. like it was shot on the
0: same set as like The Magician Reveals the Secrets Part 48 or what the hell ever. Yeah,
2: Nemoise was In Search Of.
0: There we go. That's it. There we go. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah. no, we, Good point. Okay, fair enough. And I guess Seth MacFarlane probably leans heavily on the It's Parody, which is covered in copyright stuff. So, cause I mean, how
2: has family Guy survived? So, you know, th- th- he, yeah, he has to, because, it, and as Ron said, I'm one of those details people. There was one episode that was so similar to like a wrath of Khan thing, right down to the point where the trumpets playing in the background of the soundtrack were almost in, the, the same exact notes that were played when james horner composed the soundtrack for wrath of khan and it just blew my mind i looked at my husband i said you need to rewind that and he said why i said because it's the same as wrath of khan it's the same trumpet it's the same trumpet solo he said irena you really need a new hobby i said no you got (laughs) to rewind that you have to rewind that crap because i need to hear it again i need to make sure i'm not hearing things the opening theme is almost the same exact thing as like a combination of Voyager and the next generation which blows my mind and I think that's why I love it so much um, and maybe he hasn't gotten sued because there's nothing like it out there anymore Well, um,
0: I mean, there's the Star Trek Discovery which I haven't watched it yet but I'm, I'm aware of so.
2: but it's dark and it's yeah. not reminiscent of the things that people loved about the cheesiness of the original series and Next Generation, and even some of Voyager, I mean, it's just not the same. So it's, it's the, not.
1: D, so it's like the DC to the Orville's Marvel.
2: Maybe I, I just don't... think that it, it's got uh, it's got some innocence in it to it.
0: Okay. Well, I I am down to watch more of it. it it's hard for me to find shows to watch that I'm... Either if I'm watching something, it's most of the time watching something for this show, or my wife and I have like the things that we sort of binge and watch together. And so she grew up in a house where you were made to watch Star Trek, so she just sort of refuses all of it now. Carte Blanche, so I don't know that I can get her to go for it. But I I watched a few episodes of the first season and found myself laughing at it enough. I mean, I thought he, he... He's definitely... But something that's put together by somebody who loves Star Trek and wants to do something like that. And I can always appreciate that kind of stuff. So
2: one of the things I like I really love, and maybe we'll get your wife to watch it with you, <laughs> is um the relationship, the banter between the two main characters who are recently divorced. They they touch on those realistic marital issues that kind of make you look at each other if you're watching it with your spouse and just laugh because you're like, oh wait. Yeah, that happened, and that's happened.
0: <laughs> I, I, I have to tell a funny, sad story about that. My wife and I went and saw *Gone Girl* in theaters together because she had read the book and was obsessed with it. And so we went and saw it, and both of us walked out of there going like, "We're okay, right? Like we're good, okay? We're, we're sure." Like it was. And this one, I also realized that that uh, David Fincher was hell bent on ruining everything that I ever loved. You know, cop buddy movies, um, <laughs> <laughs> marriage. Facebook, he just hates it all. So, <laughs> playing tricks on your brother at his birthday, Venture's just going to kill everything. So, alien movies, whatever. So, anyway, that's that's my rant about David Venture. Um, okay, so we both, talk, you guys have talked about some TV shows. Ron, movies, anything coming up trailer wise that you're real jazzed about?
1: Well, in my case, one of the things I'm always excited about um, isn't necessarily. All right, so I've got a couple of things I could talk about here, but I'm going to lean into the nostalgia thing tying back to the Orville, and, and it's you know how it feels like a Star Trek show. Uh, one of the things I'm super excited about is the fact that Shudder is going to make a second season of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, the increasingly misnamed uh, Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob is one of the formative figures in my movie-watching life. He, I watched. I used to go over to my grandmother's house and watch uh, Joe Bob's drive-in theater on the movie channel because she was the only person I knew that had the movie channel thanks to the cable company never turning it off after she, <laughs> after the sneak preview. And I followed him to TNT, and now I enjoyed the first marathon he did on Shudder so much that I went ahead and subscribed to Shudder for the full year. So I'm super jazzed about that. He always brings... Uh, A lot of cool, uh, a lot of interesting factoids and a lot of cool tidbits uh, to the movies. I enjoy the fact that he breaks into the movies even though on a streaming service you don't have a commercial break. And I enjoy that he keeps to the same commercial break rhythm that um, they do on broadcast television. Which if you ever watch a movie on broadcast television, you'll get the first like half hour of the movie straight to pull you in, to hook you in. Then you get a commercial break. And then... As the movie goes on, the commercial breaks come more frequently because you're already hooked in, you're getting to the climax, they know they can have two minutes of commercials, five minutes of movies, and then two more minutes of commercials, so I'm thrilled that that's been as successful to the rest of the general public as it has been for me.
0: I'm excited about seeing that as well. You got me hooked on watching him again. I didn't really grow up watching him at all. I mean, I was aware of him, but I, I didn't pay that much attention to him. And then you, you, of course, talked about it a lot. And so I started watching that show on Shudder and I subscribed monthly as well and enjoy that and have found so much fun things on Shudder, too. And just on that note about the way TV movies used to be scheduled and and commercial broke down like i for years my memories of jaws 2 are all built off of the abc sunday night movie version i taped off of television like the, the way, like it breaks and beats and stuff like that. And when, if I watch the movie now, and I'm like, wait a minute, where's the like marquee sign with the cool music? <laughs> you know, so it's not there. And I, I have more memories of that. And I think Brian and I even talked about it on the Superman three uh, episode we did a long time ago. That I knew that movie from the TV version, which is a much better way to consume Superman three, by the way, than just trying to watch it all straight through. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's already been a podcast another day. So okay, very cool. All right, I read Your your second offering of the night is up.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. So um this is this is my binge-watch show right now. Um a friend of mine introduced me to Russian Doll. Um I think it's on Netflix. And if you haven't heard of Russian Doll, it's really it's kind of it, it it's a female version of Groundhog Day with a lot more F bombs dropped than I ever thought could happen on television, but you know it's Netflix, so it doesn't really matter. It's the story of a woman who she just keeps dying. So it's it's not happy <laughs> death day to you. <laughs> <laughs> right? She dies on her birthday every day. She every time she dies, she is brought back in a bathroom in front of a mirror, and um, it's great because she's trying to figure out, okay, why the hell is this happening to me? A, but um she's always restarting at the same moment in her birthday party questioning okay is it the drugs i did with my friends is it what i drank is it who i was around and then slowly she sees all um different members of this party disappear so there's different storylines that are brought in It it's the whole process of her trying to figure out okay i died going down the stairs last time maybe if You know, everybody stays away from the stairs. I won't die this time. Um, And it's interesting to watch her kind of go through everything. And I have to, I never can remember this actress's name. So um, Yeah, there you go. Say, you know what? But anyway, she's great. I always found her hilarious in every other thing that she did. But in this, she's like snarky, thick New York accent, Big red hair and just like the complete opposite of other things that I've seen her do, or maybe it's just amplified. <laughs> so, sounds
0: like sounds like her character from American Pie, grown up. That's exactly no, no, what no. It it's, sounds like.
2: <laughs> it's like that care. It's like that character just blown up and a grown up.
1: Okay, well, I, I'm intrigued. That sounds interesting, Ron. You have you seen this? I have not, but uh, I'm running out of stuff to like binge watch, so I may have to check it out uh, next time I'm
2: seeing so the only- baby. <laughs> so the only problem is there was only six episodes right now.
0: Well, see that that's okay though because I could I need like short term things because right now like I've, I, I my wife and I binge watched all of you know Stranger Things season three like you know most of America and apparently half the world did um, at, at one point and then well, we've been catching up on season three of Riverdale that got thrown on Netflix but we're having a hard time getting through that because that show has gotten bad crazy at this point so
2: I, i've got somebody for i've got somebody who will sit down and do you know a whole cast with you about riverdale i i don't think i could do it i don't she, I really she's 11 don't. and she'll tell you everything it'll be great
0: <laughs> i think i'm gonna let her run that show on her own but uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um, i got lost in that one too watching up the kids i was like what I I can't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. Rachel and I really enjoyed that one. But so this sounds like something that's right up like our alley and her alley. Cause I, I mentioned happy death day to you. I didn't, wasn't aware of that movie rented it, watched it, loved it, watched it with my wife, loved it. Ron, you and I've talked about it and both like the sequel too. So it sounds like it's in the same vein as that, that kind of thing, which I'm, I'm always down for funny mystery, you know, is what this sounds like. So.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's, it's fabulous. The only problem right now is there's another show that's coming out with the same premise but a man so
0: well again the I, show is the premise of a movie that i've seen now too. so I, yeah everybody there is just, not only is there nothing new when there is something new there's four damn versions of it
2: yeah well n- nobody's ever as, happy so you know
1: as, as long as it's good who cares i mean i watched four purge movies plus an entire purge tv series and they're coming out with more in October, and I'm I'm still into it because I like the general concept. See, I did not watch the
0: TV series, but I loved the movies. So is the TV series worth worth going back and checking out?
1: It's not great, but it's good. It's, it's interesting. That,
0: that's kind of like those movies. I mean, that would be exactly the way I would sum every one of them up. They're not great, but they're good. So, well, <laughs>
2: I, I think I agree with that. The one thing, I mean, you know me, both of you know me well enough to know that, you know, there are little things that irk me. The Purge TV show, whoever that damn actress is that played the wife in that her mouth just made me think that she was absolutely ingenuine and I couldn't focus on anything else through the entire show. So it didn't matter what go- was going on for me. I got distracted by just her.
1: They were like the least interesting part of the show. The couple was the least interesting part of the oh.
2: show. To me. So I'm talking about Han- Hannah, Emily Anderson in the purge. Um, I, there was just something about her that I didn't like. She wasn't believable. It felt like she was in on the plot, but from, from the very beginning. Okay, well, I, I'm still
0: intrigued enough to go back and watch because I liked the Purge movies, and I didn't. I didn't know they were coming back for more of this stuff.
1: Are they making more movies or some more TV shows? You're talking about, Ron? Uh, they're making another. Supposedly, they're making another season of the TV series, and I think they're making another movie.
0: Okay, because see, the ones with Frank Grillo, I was totally down for. Those are, I think, the better ones of of the Purge flicks. But uh.
1: well, yeah, but we're also gonna put Frank Grillo in our remake of. Uh... Invasion USA, so...
0: This, this is true. You and I have, have... Ron and I often will just recast movies, uh, usually that we've reviewed with modern uh, stuff, uh, over text, and uh, I wish I could record that, because some of it is genius. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Frank Grillo could be a good stand-in for Chuck Norris. I think we both agree. So I
2: haven't uh, seen him act, but, you know, looking at him, he's a good stand-in for anybody. <laughs> well, this, he's also...
1: This uh, is why we brought also you like on a... the
2: show. So. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
0: You seen. <laughs> All right, Ron. So next thing on on your list here is we start to to round the the halfway point here of, of sessions,
1: um, it it ties back into a previous podcast we did with a special guest from the Generation Y podcast. Uh, when we did, it wasn't House of a Thousand Corpses; Devil's it was the Rejects. Devil's Rejects.
2: Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that movie.
1: But have you seen the trailer for the latest chapter in the adventures of the Firefly family? Three from hell.
2: No. And I just looked it up and I thought, oh, my God, how did I miss this?
1: (laughs) I don't know, because it's been it it, it dropped uh, early last week in the lead up to San Diego Comic-Con, and it looks pretty amazing. Like it, it strains disbelief. it, It strains belief to say that those three survived that hail of gunfire at the end of spoilers for a 10 year old movie. Well, almost 15-year-old movie at this point, but yep. spoilers for that movie, The Hail of Gunfire, at the end of The Devil's Rejects, but I'm super excited to have those three horrible monsters back, and why Bill Moseley has never played Charles Manson in a movie is beyond me. Uh, he might as well just be playing him now. I mean, he looks— Well, he is, because like he's, yeah. he's got Charles Manson's cadence, he's got Charles Manson's facial expressions— Uh, I mean, he used the the text line, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's business in the previous movie. And yeah, so Quentin Tarantino, why do you not have Bill Moseley being Charles Manson? Ryan Murphy, I know you're going to eventually get around to desecrating the memory of Sharon Tate. So Bill Moseley, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen.
0: Look, I, I am intrigued by this because for the first time in a long time, It looks like something that Rob Zombie has done that I want to see because I have, I have really turned on him for a while. Like I saw 31 and just, it was not only was it disgusting, it was boring as hell. Well, aren't they all disgusting? Well, yeah, but it's one thing to be disgusting and not be interesting. And I, I felt like he had lost something off of his fastball after doing those Halloween movies because whatever you think of them, like going back in retrospective now, they're both, you know, over 10 years old. They don't really work as, they especially don't work as Halloween movies, but they kind of only half work as movies themselves, especially that second, the second one is bonkers. And. And while I'm intrigued by it and and will watch it again because I just am trying to wrap my brain around what in the hell he was doing with it, It, I felt like he just just didn't have anything else to do. I was just seeing the same thing again. I see this and I'm like, oh, man, this is like we raised the wild bunch with a seance or something. And I don't know. It, it looked good. I was intrigued. I traded messages with our friend Aaron from generation Y and he had seen it too. And he said, I, you know, I didn't know I needed that movie, but I'm, I'm really down for it. So I think he's excited about it too. That was a fun episode back from our archives that people can go listen to, but I, I'm intrigued. I, I might want to go see that in, in theaters, which is, you know, it takes something for me to go see a zombie film anyway, but I might drag out and go
2: check that one out because it looks good. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm super excited by it. All right, Irina, you're up next.
2: I'm going to do two things real quick because I feel like I need to mention one that's actually really irritating the crap out of me, which people will find out more of in November. But can we take – 30 seconds and talk about how Renee Zellweger is going to play Judy in the Judy Garland movie.
0: Only if we have to.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You haven't seen this, Ron? Oh, my goodness. No. No, it hurt. Before you
1: get started, I have a quick question. Renee Zellweger playing Judy Garland. How long is Judy Garland supposed to have been dead for?
2: (laughs) (laughs) She looks like hell in a handbasket.
1: I mean, she looked like hell in a handbasket 10 years ago.
2: No, no, no. It's like it's, I, bad.
1: Yeah.
2: it's not even like, like she goes back and forth like she does some young Judy and then goes straight to old Judy. So we are stuck with old drugged out Judy raising Liza Minnelli for the entire bleeping movie.
0: Do you want to know what it made me think of? It made me think of the old age makeup they threw on Leah Thompson to be the old mom or the older mom in Back Back to the the Future future 2. Exactly. It's exactly what she's kind of looks like and it's scary except that was makeup and this is this i'm sad to say this person really looks this way now and it's terrible it's awful look if the cats trailer terrifies you and i think it should terrify all human beings if you've seen it it does yeah
2: yeah i love
0: it the judy trailer is just as bad it's a horror movie it really
2: is it you know what and the worst part is is and i hate to say is it's so realistic like the way that Renee has aged made her perfect for this part. I do not want to listen to her sing with mothballs in her mouth, but I'm going to say mothballs this time, not cotton balls. But I, I don't know how, anyway, there was my, that was my 30 seconds of, Hey Ron, this is happening. And now you can go watch it just to terrify yourself.
1: Are they, are they not going to like dub her singing voice like they did in empire records?
2: Oh, right. No, they're not. Thank God yep. they dubbed her in empire records in november you'll hear chicago and then you'll have to go watch it and listen to it and it's her singing and it's like shrieking cats it makes
0: me wish i had reached for the gun
2: that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) really the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is picard In 2020, because I cannot wait to see Patrick Stewart revive that role. I mean, the premise is that uh, Picard is approached by a strange woman saying that he's the only one who can save her. And he forms a crew and bam, it's just like that. We have Picard back. Um, I don't know whether you're like Team Star Wars or Team Star Trek. But for me, um, Jean-Luc Picard needed to come back before we had no Patrick Stewart.
1: I am... I, I tend to be a team Star Wars or team Star Trek, but I have to admit that um, TNG is, is, was a very like formative part of my youth uh, watching it on TV. So uh, I, I was a big fan, and that kind of pushed me into Deep Space Nine, and that pushed me into Voyager, and I stuck with Voyager for like five seasons, even after it got terrible. So <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to go subscribe to CBS online or whatever they're calling their stupid thing. Cause I, I'm, uh, cause I'm against all that stuff, but I may end up pirating it. So.
2: <laughs> I may just give you my password. It's fine. <laughs> I am, I am Star Trek curious
0: is what I will say. I've always been a Star Wars guy, but I watched enough Star Trek growing up and, and did watch a good bit of TNG and appreciate the role that, patrick stewart brought in john luke picard i may be one of only you know four people on earth that like star trek generations as a movie i remember going to see that in theaters and thinking mass the perfect handoff that was great and everybody else apparently hates that movie except me uh, but I,
2: I i don't think we can talk anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> see that's what i mean but I, I i haven't seen anything except the dang poster for it and all i know is I'm like this is the influence that John Wick has on popular culture because now Picard has to have a dog too, and I'm like if that dog dies in the first episode, then <laughs> you're I, done. Then I then I'm gonna know. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm curious about it. I don't know that I want to subscribe to the streaming service either, so I may either borrow a password and see what happens,
1: but uh, we'll we'll see. So, uh, I, I will say if John luc Picard shoots like 200 dudes in this it will be the best TV show I've ever seen.
0: Now that would be, If he kills somebody with a butter knife, I'm down. So, because <laughs> cause I've been waiting for Jackie Chan to do that for like 100 years, and he never did. And I was like, okay, so. Jackie right. Chan doesn't kill. This is right. Jean,
1: yeah. Jean-Luc Picard probably kills.
0: Look, Jean-Luc Picard is a motherfucker. We all know it, all right? <laughs> so let's just be, let's be and, real.
1: And if, he, <laughs> and if he leaves him alive, um, Riker will come along behind him and just bash him with a trombone. But
0: you know. Yeah, Riker's cold. So especially when he got oh the beard. God. When Riker's got the beard going, that's his gangster beard. He's set. Oh so. God, I love him. So.
1: This is just Quentin Tarantino's Star
0: Trek movie. You know I saying. am I am really intrigued by what that might be. Um only because I, I I want Samuel L. Jackson Cole. to do it so he can be in both franchises. So, oh, God. <laughs> so just because that'll just it'll be fun. So, it's, yeah. And I need him to kill like a space snake,
1: you know, because <laughs> then, then then the whole world is complete. I just wanted to say, what does Captain Picard look like <laughs> 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 while eating some sort of space
2: burger? <laughs> there go, oh my God. I can't cool. do anything with you guys. The, the beautiful thing, though, about Picard is we're going to get data back. But here's the best part. Is Jerry Ryan's coming back as seven of nine? Whoa. Which for any heterosexual man is like the best thing that's ever happened in the world.
0: I don't know if I go that far, but it, that's good casting at
2: least. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, we're going to get, well, Deanna Troy and uh, Riker. I don't know whether they're going to be there for a long time, but they are going to be coming back. What's Will Wheaton doing? Come on, you know? those are the only ones i know are like set
0: i but bringing data back actually makes a ton of sense because his they were so tied together on that show like maybe closer than than maybe should have been but yeah i can see it so i'm i'm curious if for nothing more than when it appears i know that the we hate movies guys are going to do impressions (laughs) of it on their show and so i'm always down for that so
1: I was just waiting. I was about to bring up – I was going to say that We Hate Movies has colored your impression of the Data picard relationship in a, in a very strange way. <laughs>
0: it probably has because it's been a while since so I watched some TNG. But I'll, Andrew, Eric, and Chris, and, and Steven have done a number on my memory of a lot of things. And so and I don't mind saying that because so, I will put those guys over all day. So, All right. So, okay, Ron, what's in your final slot, things that you're interested in, stuff you're, you're jamming on right now?
1: All right. Well, um, it's movie related, but it is not a movie directly. It is a podcast that I believe you're the person who told me to check it out. And it is called Dream Gun Film Reads. It is a bunch of Irish actors and comedians doing funny rewrites of mainstream movies. I just listened to the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone today, and it was very funny. Uh, I'm a big fan of pretty much all of them. They're all really, really, really funny to me. Um, So, yeah, Dream Gun Film Reads. I'm I'm jamming through a lot of them. Uh, They're only about like an hour and 15, hour and a half each. And they're all pretty uproarious, especially when they – especially because they only do movies that like everybody knows and everybody has seen.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is you, you can follow it along. If you, even if you hadn't seen the movie in 10 years, you know, their Titanic review was that way. Irina, this is right up your alley. If you haven't done this, because being <laughs> someone who's still involved with actors and acting and stuff like this, this is totally up your alley. It's, it's actors and, and comedians reading the lines, but then adding like an aside to it. So it's almost like a table read in a family
2: guy episode,
0: but funnier.
2: Oh, you know what? I'm. I'm really liking the duration of time. As you both know, I have about an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half commute to work every day. Um, So I think I found a way to fill that time with something other than, you know, science podcasts.
0: it's definitely a good break from the norm. I'm glad you dug it, rock Cause I, I've been a big fan of the dream gun uh, film reads for a, a bit now and, and can't wait for new stuff to come out. They they only release about once a month. That's sort of their average. And I could, I think cause they, they're all working actors and comedians. And so they can only get together so often, but I've been, I follow them on Twitter and they've been recording stuff that or at least performing stuff that I'm like, man, I hope there's a recording of that. I really hope there's a recording of that. So there's some good stuff out there.
1: And, uh, to throw one more thing in, um, While we're talking about recording things, another podcast I'm really digging lately is uh, Your Favorite Band Sucks. (laughs) It is uh, – it's uh, two guys in Nashville. One of them is Tyler Mahan Coe, who is the son of David Allen Coe. And the other is – I think his name is Mark Mosley. He's been a booker and a musician and basically they just sit in a room and just trash – whatever band they're talking about. They've done, um, like their first episode was like the Beatles suck. And they went through all the reasons why the Beatles (laughs) suck. And they've done the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. They've done the Smiths. They've done Weezer. They've done any kind of big name band Metallica. They did two episodes on Madonna. Um, well, I mean, she's had like three careers,
0: so that's half of it. So. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Yeah, and they're absolutely savage to Madonna. Like it's great. Oh, I, and it, it is well deserved. Even if they even if it's a band you like and they've done some bands I really like, it's still great. Oh, I gotta listen to this now. This says right up my alley. I, I like movie podcasts
0: that tear apart movies that I like too. It, it, it's not gonna change the way I feel about it. I just it's fun to hear other people trash something or yeah, whatever on, on it. That this sounds right up my alley. I, I think we've just made your commute even better, Irene.
2: You did, um, especially since there's a, a, a Beatles episode because they're least favorite band of mine. So I'm sure I'll enjoy that. I,
0: for the record, I am team Rolling Stones, but I respect the Beatles, but I am team Stones all the
2: way. So. Well, I mean, they've got some good stuff if you take out John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, if you take oh. away like the creative forces. <laughs> if you
2: just take him away and let Paul McCartney do his thing, we're fine.
0: Which Paul? Because there's Paul and then there was the guy that replaced Paul after he died. Oh, I. Uh, excuse me, my tenfold hat's interfering with the recording right now. <laughs> so, okay, Irene, your your last thing up for the the sessions offering this time.
2: Um, so the last thing I've got is um, two shows that I'm watching. I was going to say I'm not going to touch on Fear the Walking Dead, Ron, because you and I have two massively different differing opinions on that show. So I won't go there. Um, I'm going to go with two medicine shows that I'm watching. Um, And I'm waiting for the season to start. Uh, I think it's the end of the the year. Uh, The Good Doctor in New Amsterdam. The Good Doctor, um, I don't know if either of you have taken a peek at it. Um, It's about a young doctor with autism and savant syndrome. And he is now working um, as a surgical resident and how he kind of goes through the challenges of being in the real world instead of... um, being sheltered by the doctor who raised him when his parents died. Um, And New Amsterdam is about a doctor who has taken over as as medical director at America's oldest public hospital and um, ends up developing cancer throughout his uh, employment there and how he kind of handles the bombs that are thrown at him. But both of them very similar writing styles. Um, I'm not going to say that it's like – Grey's Anatomy, which needs to be taken off television because it's been going too long. I'm going to go with it's more like both of them are more like a combination of ER and House. And if you liked either of those and the problem solving tactics and the stories, then these are two that you just can't walk away from.
0: I, I liked Freddie Highmore when he was on Bates Motel, even though I didn't like the way that show ended. So I'm down to check this out. I just haven't watched any of it yet. And I, I liked House a good bit. I watched most of that during its run.
2: Yeah. So the good doctors, it's the, it's the same people that wrote house and produced it. So um, there is that intellectual aspect to it, but when it comes to anything about eyes, as we know, I love eyes and know way too much about them. Don't listen to anything I say about eyes (laughs) on either either of these
0: shows. I tend to try to not take the medical advice of the shows I watch,
2: but George Clooney
0: did save me from a bad heartburn once. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's great. Um, but I mean, two different dynamics, you know, and I'm yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything else because I think both of you should just give at least the the first episode a try.
1: I saw one random episode of uh the Good Doctor, and I enjoyed it, so I do like Freddie Highmore too from Bates motel, and it it was it was pretty fun,
2: well, he's brilliant. His acting ability in this part is particularly brilliant. Um, I don't know who he spent time doing scene studies with, but his portrayal of savant and autistic is, is amazing. And I have to give him props for that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I was really impressed with the, the way he uh, corralled his body language.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, does, he it's the, his lack of eye contact as well that he has with everybody. You really feel that social dissonance between he and everyone around him. But
1: he's still giving them enough to like, so the other actors have something to play off of. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'm game. I'm going to give that a shot now. Cause that, that, I like that guy again. I thought he was, he was perfect as Norman Bates and Vera Formiga was perfect as Norma. Like that's, I can't re- recommend enough the first four seasons of Bates Motel. Um, the fifth season—that's another day on Donahue. But that, those first four are amazing, especially the first three. So, it,
2: well, now I have to go back and watch Bates Motel because I never had the opportunity to.
0: You do need, and to, I need to see. Some, it. It's worth seeing, I, I especially if you I like do. him. Especially if you like him, because he's really good. At it. Ron, I think you would back me up. He's pretty good in that.
1: Yeah, he's great. He's uh, revelatory. It's pretty. It, it's really impressive to see. Again, it it ties back to the thing I liked about the one episode of The Good Doctor that I saw. He does a great job of mirroring Anthony Perkins' body language.
0: Yeah, which is uh, without being
1: a carbon
0: copy of it, which is amazing. I'm going to end the show with something I'm really jazzed about that got dropped late July. Blumhouse threw this out. Ron, you sent it to me on Instagram. So you like the Halloween movies. You like Michael Myers movies. Well, here's two more coming. October 2020, October 2021, we're going to get Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. We're going to get Michael Myers versus Laurie Strode for two more chapters. And I had been reading rumors that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis had met with Jason Blum and agreed to do another movie, but only if David Gordon Green would do it. And he said, I'm only doing it if you let me direct two back to back because I'm moving on to other stuff. And apparently Blumhouse said, yes, we like printing money and Because they did live with the last one And they're going to do it And my question to you two is We've gone out of our way now with the Halloween series To say we're going to erase all of the history of it To only come back and now we're going to just go and live that history again Where it is Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers I don't know, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Halloween 2018 So I'm super on board with this too uh, with these two movies, uh, that's why you and I have a difference of opinion, have a difference of opinion on that movie. Um, but I thought just the concept and the, the idea of like a contained three movie arc for Michael Myers from Laurie Strode is something that that series, as long and complicated as it is, has never really done. So I'm super excited to see how it plays out. And I think it's going to be a good career rehabilitation for David Gordon Green, who, you know, kind of lost his way for a little bit with the the stoner comedies, but seems to have rounded into a a more of an interesting filmmaker like he was in his early uh, indie drama days.
0: Yeah, I, I know he's redoing a, a, uh, or he's helming a reboot of Friday Night Lights, which I'm real curious about because I liked the movie, loved the book, loved the TV show. So I'm real curious to see what Peter Berg wants to do with that now with him at the helm. But I, yeah. I, I, You know, I didn't hate 2018's Halloween. People can listen to that review coming up in October, by the way. I just had a different feeling about it. And the only thing I'd say in response is that we, we do have a three-part Laurie Strode, Michael Myers thing. It's just sort of strung out over 20 years. And so we have 78, 81, and 98. So, but now we're going to get another one. Danny McBride summed this up best because he co-wrote the last one. He said... Halloween movies are like the choose-your-own-adventure horror series, and I can totally go with that. That's fine. Sometimes I need a little curse of thorns. Sometimes I don't. I never need Buster Rhymes, before uh, the record. But you know, I'm I'm down. I'm like I'm gonna go see them. I mean, I've seen all these other Halloween movies. Why would I skip these? Uh, but I I liked the way they put that out though, as like, yep, you're getting them, and you're getting two in a row, and this is how it's gonna go. Because the original rumor was they were gonna put them both out in the
2: same month, and I thought, what a, what a killing idea? Why would you do that? You kill your own box office so i have a confession i have not watched a halloween movie since 1998 (laughs) um i i for some reason i they just lost me uh so i guess i'm i may have to go revisit every single one of these movies so i know exactly what you're both referring to at this point or no you
1: just need to watch the you just need to watch the first one then the 2018 to be prepared for the last two because they yeah. ignore all of the other stuff.
2: Yep. Oh, right. so I don't need anything else. Just...
1: You don't. It, 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 but if you want to know, go back
0: in the archives of film strip, you can listen to me and Brian talk about all of them. So, cause they're, they're all there.
1: So, I mean, no, nothing, Ron, Ron's nothing, right. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Nothing quite like Halloween, The Curse of Buster Rhymes. Uh, yeah.
2: Hey, you know what? It's going to take me just as long to watch the movie as it is to listen to you guys. So I have to decide where, where time is better spent. Those are, those are shorter
0: shows and you can listen to them while you drive.
2: So
0: I will boost the download numbers even if it's inside the team. I don't care.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever we got to do. I'm glad you got my playlist figured out for me. Hey, listen to this. I told you to do it. <laughs> okay, boss.
0: Well, we got to try to do something, right? So, well, th- that's what we've done on Film Show. I want to tell folks about what's coming up on Film Show because this is dropping in July and in August going into. Labor Day, the weekend of Labor Day, September. We're doing something fun called Summer of Stallone. We picked three Stallone one-offs and I got Brian, Nick, and Ron to each to review one of them with me. We're going to be doing Cobra, Demolition Man, and Cliffhanger. So I can't wait for those to come out because I think that's, that's going to be one of our more fun and loosely strung together series we've ever done.
2: Oh, I can't wait for Demolition Man. I love that movie.
0: I, I'm just going to tease folks. We did something very special in the edit of that one. And that's all I'm going to say. It's definitely worth checking out.
2: As long as you didn't teach us how to use the three seashells, I'm good.
0: No one knows how to do that except Robert Snyder. <laughs> <sometimes. laughs> so it's the one thing he knows. That and copies.
1: Well, well you know, all, all i got to say is I'm, I'm pretty excited to you know, get my pizza scissors back. <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. <laughs> And more of that to come,
0: folks. That's that's what we've got going on film So thanks again, Ron and Irina, for joining me on this initial reboot of the film strip sessions show. Tell folks how they can follow you on the internet, should they choose to do so. Ron,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at Hollywood Ron, but I'm not very particularly interesting. The, for the real good stuff, I recommend you keep your eyes on denofgeek.com and denofgeek.us. Feel free to go check out that 3,500 words I wrote about Alan Moore and the, the incredibly long journey of Watchmen to both the silver screen and to the small screen. Check that out. That I spent a lot of time on that. And my the top comment is currently someone telling me basically that I'm an idiot because <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that Alan Moore likes money and a lot of his disputes with – DC and Marvel have been over quote unquote character rights, which means, you know, the finger thing means the money.
0: <laughs> All right. I How can folks follow you on the internet?
2: Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at I sing E Y E S I N G um, or the Instagram at I nerd, I dot nerd again, EYE, just because uh, there's a, there's a little nerd in me here that loves eyeballs um, or head over to Winchester Little Theater on Facebook.
0: Fantastic, and folks, you can follow the Filmstrip Show at Filmstrip Pod or follow me on Twitter at Jay Skipworth. We appreciate the support. If you like the show, please leave us a positive review wherever you find it, and share the show on your social media. It helps us get the word out and increase the audience size. So, until next time, from Ron and Irena, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip Sessions.